Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And this week, we're masking for trouble. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, we're ringing in Halloween. We're talking about some favorites. Like, over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about some favorites uh, of the of the Halloween obsessed. And, and maybe one of our best pairings ever, I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's one maybe one of our best pairings ever. We're kicking it off this week. We are talking about R.L. Stein's The Haunted Mask, the very first ever Goosebumps VHS. Did you own this growing up? Oh, Absolutely. Did you own it, like, that summer? Like, were you... When did it come out? 95? Like, did you see it that year? Did you watch it on TV? Did you get it when it came out on on tape? Like, tell me your Haunted Mask story. My Haunted Mask story. Uh, yeah, I, I was obsessed with the Goosebumps books. Uh, when the when they announced that there was going to be a TV show, I watched it religiously. Yeah, every I think week. that's uh, same. <laughs> There's nothing special about any of this. It's just like, yep, I liked spooky stuff growing up and gravitated toward it wherever it was. Yeah, yeah I, I went don't... from Are You Afraid of the Dark to Goosebumps naturally. <laughs> I had the VHS of this. I don't ever remember getting it. I just remember having it. It was and... like a Ouija board. It just and, showed yeah, up in your like house. Just showed up in the house. Anytime and then, you tried to throw it out, it would make its way back on the shelf. And then when Terror Tower came out, I had that one. No memory of of like, Mom, we gotta go get this this tape, blah, blah, blah. Maybe she just grabbed it. She's just like, oh, my weird kid's gonna like this. You know, frankly, I don't think we owned it growing up. I think we just rented it a bunch or possibly just taped it off TV and watched it for free over and over and over and over again. So, so you're telling me your parents paid the five ninety nine rental fee for a half hour of television over and over and over again? No, my mom worked at the video <laughs> store, oh, yeah, so true. I just rented stuff basically for, a, for 10 cents. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Was it like the rewind fee? <laughs> no, as long as as long as I paid for the insurance on the tape, I was allowed to take the tape home for free. So I think I paid a dollar. That's a really good deal. Yeah. That's how I watched every I watched pretty much every single movie, you know, not behind the beaded curtain of that video store over a few years. And look at you now, a fucking full blown cinephile. Uh, that's another way of calling me a nerd, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Uh Goosebumps. A true obsession of my childhood. And I think probably most anybody who finds themselves giddy in October, like getting ready for Halloween. Like Goosebumps was just like such a formative thing, right? Yeah, and I think Halloween, and we've talked about this before, that Halloween and horror fandom kind of go hand in hand. Like they, that was your first taste of the spookiness and the horror world and kind of everything that you grew into as an adult. So I, I feel, and 
you know, I haven't been disproven on this that like all horror fans are Halloween fans. Yeah, that's got to be where it starts. I mean, you you do meet plenty of people who discover horror in college or something, but like Halloween, just I don't know. Like even people who grow up who don't like Halloween as adults, and I've met a lot of them <laughs> in my adult life, just in this town, this crazy religious town we live in. <laughs> yeah, but they, I think a lot of them probably, maybe not in this religious town, celebrated Halloween. Like even the adults that don't like watching horror movies, like when you meet regular people in your day job who are like, oh no, I can't. Oh, I don't know how you do. I just can't watch something that's scary. Everybody loved Halloween because it's fun. Mm -hmm. But more than that, I think Goosebumps really nails the feeling of being a kid. That may be part of it, right? Like, there's an awkwardness to everything. It's you against the adults. Like, the kids live in a completely different world. There's just, I don't know, there's a dynamic in the Goosebumps stories that... I think is similar to kids programming today, but doesn't quite nail the reality of it. I think that's true. And, and, and I think it's, it's unique too, because even with, with, with horror and you're looking straight at the horror genre, like teenagers are always aged up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're always doing things that, like, you know, you watched those movies when you were a kid, and you're like, wow, when I'm 17, I'm going to have a fucking convertible that's going to be evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the 17-year-olds in every movie you watch growing up were 30 years old. Yeah, like, and I'm they not going to be are. taking the bus for 20 more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, as a teenager, you start taking the bus, and then you keep taking the bus, <laughs> and then you keep taking the bus. <laughs> Maybe you graduate to a subway or an Uber. That's about it. It's a long time before. Or you own an actual car. Yeah, like, unless you have, a like, an uncle with a shitty truck that he buys a new truck, and then you get his old truck, and you're like, it smells like cigarettes, but it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Is your school lunch making you sick? Is your little brother or sister driving you absolutely crazy? Gotcha! Then we've got just the thing for you. The Haunted Mask, the first video based on the best-selling Goosebumps books by R.L. Stein. <laughs> cool, huh? The Haunted Mask is all the fun and creepiness of a great Goosebumps story come to life. But it's too weird for words. And best of all, you can watch it over and over, anytime you want. <laughs> okay. The Haunted Mask, the first Goosebumps video ever from Fox Video. Did you come to Goosebumps through the TV show or through the books? Like, what was your evolution there? Books. Yeah? Yeah. Always the books first. Yeah, because I was a big reader as a kid. Like, when we would... I was a loner as a kid. <laughs> I'm a loner now. <laughs> I'm a loner and... Don't worry, Kim. <laughs> books were my friends. We got that when you said I was a big reader as a kid. <laughs> that, that's the that's the coded way of saying I was a loner. <laughs> well, we had a cottage growing up and I had older siblings and they always brought friends to the cottage and I didn't. So I would just bring a ton of books with me and I would always bring spooky books because that's what I was into. So my summers were just like perched under a tree in the shade, <laughs> like a little goth girl just yeah. reading all the Goosebumps books. And then like Fear Street and oh, Christopher yeah. Pike. And, you know, I graduated up the path. <laughs> sure. I remember reading Goosebumps books inside during the summer vacation and my mom being like, go outside and play. And I just took the book outside and read <laughs> on the porch. <laughs> It works. They're fine with it. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a shit. They're just like, just get some vitamin D, get out of my hair, just do something. Yeah, or you just go to the park and then sit on a swing and read. <laughs> yeah, who cares? It was a, it was a, oh, what a great summer. Because I would just plow through them. Because like that's the other thing. Like when you like reading as a kid, your parents are stoked. Like they're more than happy to keep buying you books or bringing you to the library. Like that's where I got a lot of Goosebump books. I would just go to the library and just like grab eight at a time. 
parents love giving kids books. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of video game effect. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, you like horror and violence, but in book form? Like, go for go it. Go for it, yeah. <laughs> it's like saying you love vegetables. They'll just keep giving you vegetables. <laughs> what are some of your, I mean, obviously, you were going to talk about the haunted mask. I think that's probably in your top 10. But like, what are some of your favorite Goosebumps stories? This might be our only opportunity to talk about Goosebumps is what I'm getting at. Like, we're not, we're probably not going to come back and do Say Cheese and Die. You know what I mean? Say Cheese and Die was really good. I really liked the first one, uh, Welcome to Dead House, because the cover was, like, super iconic. I've yeah. always had a thing for, like, haunted houses, and that cover alone, the artwork for the Goosebumps stories are so fantastic. I think that's what sold me on it as a kid, too. Like, they just looked like, oh, I gotta read this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Horrorland is a big one for me. Yeah. I loved uh, I loved Horrorland and Return to Horrorland. And the TV show did a really great job with it, too. Like, the game show and the family going. Like, it was all really fun. And I liked the evil sponge. Yeah! <laughs> I fucking loved the evil sponge! And the, the episode of that had uh, a very young Catherine Isabel in it. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking about the book, but that's who fine. Plays, <laughs> no, I like both. Um, who plays Ginger in Ginger Snaps. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome. I really like the one where the dad was like the scientist who had an evil like greenhouse in the basement. Yeah, and just took him over. Yeah. That one was really scary for me. There's one, and I can never remember what it was, but it's like a bunch of evil eggs. Do you remember this? Evil eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like goopy, gooey, evil eggs. I don't remember anything else about it. Uh, but I do remember that was definitely one of those ones that I like binge read during that summer on the porch. That <laughs> <laughs> and the evil sponge. Love those guys. Yeah, the werewolf one was always good. The I'm werewolf, just... and that's a dope cover too. That's, yeah. that's a top cover. I've just always been a werewolf guy. I never really got... Big on Slappy. I was not big on Slappy. Slappy. I read them all, but like when the show came out, I was like, eh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I liked the show more than I liked the book, I think, because mm. just like the cold, dead eyes of that puppet are good. The voice yeah. is like, it's Slappy. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of quintessential, but yeah, it's lets the steam out a little bit. I don't know. It's hard to say. Puppets, puppets like clowns are just creepy when you look yeah, at them. Yeah, they're like right? innately scary, so they kind of have that instant like, oh, this is going to be unnerving. Yeah, for and so a ten-year-old <laughs> was the haunted mask one that was immediately your favorite and shot to the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely, stayed there. instantaneously. That's great. It's nuts. It seems like it really uh, took the world by storm when it came out, which is so cool because I, I, so I've never like officially looked into the haunted mask. It was just one of those things that like, yep, I'm going to carry this with me through my life. But realizing that everybody experienced the haunted mask, like how big of a thing it was. I think it was watched by 8 million households the night it premiered 8 million people. In just, well, that's in just America for like too, a right? little YTV show yeah. that probably had a budget of like six thousand dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 also it was the first VHS they put out for the Goosebumps series. Like, so that's that's how you know it was a smash hit. Like, mm-hmm. they only put out a handful of episodes. I mean, now you can get them all on DVD. I think it's a little harder to get a hold of, but it was rare for an episode to actually get a physical release. Yeah, because I think they only did, like, the cream of the crop on Mm -hmm. VHS. Uh, Cream of the crop, according to the Nielsen ratings. I mean, where's my fucking stinky egg episode? (laughs) (laughs) Stinky egg. It had to just be that it came out at the right time, and that it's... Halloween because you know anybody any kid who's obsessed with spooky stuff is gonna immediately gravitate toward goosebumps like just like oh shit this is my bag but come Halloween season every kid's watching Halloween specials right like you you seek out 
the horror stuff, at least in October, even if the rest of the year, that's not really your thing. Yeah. And, and this is kind of a Canadian exclusive thing. But YTV was the the channel that we all watched as kids in Canada. And they did a really great job at Halloween programming. Mm-hmm. Like they were the ones that made all these shows like Are You the Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps were, were both YTV programs. Uh, we had Scary Stories, which was urban legends that were animated and told by a maggot and a cockroach in a diner. Hell yeah. Like we had a lot of really cool, creepy programming and they were they played it heavily on Halloween. I think Beetlejuice, I watched that for the first time on YTV one Absolutely. night at like 10 p.m. Like yep. they did such a great job of speaking as a, a little weirdo kid of having great Halloween programming. Yeah, it was just in the air. It was, there was something in the water back in the <laughs> late 90s because we did a watch party recently with the Fiend Club on Patreon and I put in an episode of a TV show that I don't think anybody's heard of outside of Canada called Sticking Around. And Sticking Around is just a it's just a k- kooky cartoon with kids using their imagination, like any cartoon that exists, right? But You know, I was a little worried, though, because the animation's not great. It's just like stick figures. Yeah, it's stick figures. They're sticking around. It's great. It's, <laughs> it's almost like you watched a TV show made by kids for kids. But one of the kids, one of the lead kids in it is, uh, he's obsessed with movies and obsessed with becoming a filmmaker when he grows up, but he's... He's a horror nerd. Everything, every reference that he has relates back to monsters or goblins and just, you know, horror movie spoof stuff. So even though that wasn't a horror TV show, it just had horror threaded throughout the whole thing. And that was true about like so many other movies and TV shows on YTV. I do want to burst your bubble a little bit, though. I think Goosebumps is a Fox program that got aired on YTV even though it was I think it was like a handshake agreement like it was YTV and Fox together making this well they were all filmed in Toronto oh, like yeah, the, no, are it's you hella Canadian <laughs> and it's all the, like they shared the same actors um, and I think we're especially protective over like the Goosebumps shows and I think why the Haunted Mask really really resonates with us is that's what Halloween looked like for us oh, those are our streets specifically yeah those are our streets those are what the trees look like when this we is our the town well, those are the costumes <laughs> Costumes, like the fact that all the costumes are handmade. Yeah, that was the, like, this was the last era of that. Yeah, and like that, you see random costumes on like the background kids. Like one kid is just wearing her pajamas and she's carrying around a teddy bear. And you're like, I remember that when somebody thought that was an okay costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because like when we were kids, like I didn't get a new costume every year. Like no, we, we couldn't afford that. Too so, fucking like, much. You were lucky if you got a new costume maybe like once every three years, and then either you wore it for three years in a row or two years you had to figure out a costume. Not only getting a new costume every year as a mark of like wealth but also seeing people with like a new thing to hold your candy in every year like oh you're not just going to use your own pillowcase yeah we used pillowcases and they were not spooky ones they were just no. like stripes I think I used a little mermaid pillowcase it did not go with my costume yeah it's just like a dirty white pillowcase <laughs> and then but you argued you're like yeah 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 yeah. it's not like a cool pumpkin or anything but also I could hold more candy than you this thing's fucking huge and you could throw it on your back like a bindle <laughs> and like yeah there was nothing con- convenient about Halloween like I remember no. one year I wanted to be a scarecrow so like I got an old dress shirt from my dad yeah and then I went to White Rose which is <laughs> which is like a craft store like Michael's but was a little bit more like outdoory and I bought a bale of straw wow. and I just stuffed it with straw the entire shirt and I, I was so fucking itchy yeah, yeah, the yeah. entire night but I was so dedicated I kept my arms out the whole time no way. yeah 
It was good. Did you put a stick between? Like you? No, I just held him out. That's great. You could have gotten your parents to like run a broomstick or something through your sleeves. That's forethought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so. That is that is the magic of Halloween, right? Is that your creativity takes hold over any sort of practical thinking. You're just like, oh, you have the idea. You zero in on it and you execute. Because like, it's also just for one night. It's not like you're gonna. I don't know, it's not like a mask is going to take over your face and become your skin forever or something. You're just, you just, oh, you got to see this this idea to the end. I, I think I've talked about it in the podcast before where I wanted to be a zombie one year and I just got a bunch of my dad's old construction clothing that would have Did you holes. say you just roll in the dirt? <laughs> I took I took the clothes out to the backyard. I dug a hole. I stomped them in the dirt, and it looked so fucking cool, but was also crazy itchy. Yeah, Aww. but like you'd you'd shovel around, and then like if you do like really sudden movements, like dirt would fly off of you, like you're in a like a Hong Kong that, karate that's movie. That's like um, Billy in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, like, he's so he's so dusty. That's basically what I was going for. Yeah, like I had, but like it was just like a bunch of torn up clothing and like blood and stuff in where you tore it open and it was an awful idea but it was truly one of my favorite costumes of all time and there was nothing to it it's just like dirt and some fake blood <laughs> people probably thought you were that dirty kid from peanuts i did this is <laughs> this is the other thing that that goosebumps nails like where kids go to go to collect candy from people's houses and they just don't know what their costumes are and you have to awkwardly explain it i had a bunch of people saying like oh are you a homeless person oh. <laughs> I'm like, what what, what? What? Like, with all these sores and open wounds? Come on. Like, my fingers are falling off, man. And they're like, well. <laughs> it was downright rude. <laughs> so I think that's another reason why Haunted Mask was such a cornerstone to our childhood. Because it perfectly encapsulated what Halloween felt like in the 90s. Like, yeah. You did go out as a motherfucking duck <laughs> that your mom made. <laughs> Yeah, four years in a row. Like Haunted Mask Two, the the sequel to the Haunted Mask is like the 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 arc there is that a different kid, somebody who was terrorizing Carly Beth in the first se- uh, episode, is tired of being a pirate. Like it's he's gonna be a pirate again for like the fourth or fifth year in a row. To be fair, his mom did update his costume. He she, got a parrot this right? year. <laughs> it's a bespoke costume. She's hand sewing that on the floor. Like that. Pirate is going up in ranks every year. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a new patch and everything. He's just like, wow, you got you got upgraded to deckmate. <laughs> the other great thing about Goosebumps, just like in general, like we're gonna we'll get to haunted mask at some point, I guess. I uh, keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that R.L. Stein was such a celebrity for children that they could put him on camera and he could suck at at introducing an episode (laughs) and it was still great. Like, he was so... He was the fucking Elvis of Halloween for children. Oh, my God. He's like, hello, I'm R.L. Stein. This is another episode of Goosebumps. (laughs) We were all like, he's a king! (laughs) All hail the guy with the mole on his forehead. I I love that he didn't get rid of that mole. I loved... The fucking intros. They are so good. I was so into R.L. Stein personally. Like, yeah. I, did you read his biography? Sure when did. You were like 10 years old. Like Nightmare from Ohio or something? It came from 1984 came, or something. That's what it was, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It came from Ohio is, yeah. I think, what it was called. Yeah. I bought that in hardcover. Hell like, yeah. it was among my Goosebumps books. Yeah. And, like, you always imagine in the opening of Goosebumps when the guy rolls into town and his briefcase opens up and the pages fly across and just, like, the curse spreads. You're like, that's R.L. Stein. He's our best friend, but also he did curse our town. <laughs> but like he's not he's not Alfred Hitchcock. 
you know, Alfred Hitchcock's a showman, you know, good evening. And like, he can like perfectly introduce a segment. There's like, there's a, there's a, there's a tinge of humor to everything. But R.L. Stein is just, it's just like a real straight flat line reading and like, viewer beware, you're in for a scare. No, it's not <laughs> quite like that. Like he's trying. He's just got a level of like awkwardness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we all saw something of ourselves. In him. <laughs> okay. But it is great that he introed them all. Yeah, and I love he outroed them, and it was like, did it add anything? Yes. But that's <laughs> that's how obsessed we were with these books and this man. Like, there are so few writers that kids would know and identify with. Apparently, this is his favorite episode. So it should be. It's the best episode. <laughs> it's the best episode. Yeah, I think it's most people's favorite episode. And part of that has to come down to the fact that it's a killer mask. Like, it's a really good mask. The mask design is pretty fantastic. And, and especially, too, like, when you see the other six masks in his family, mm. um, they're not as good. Uh, sure. They're cool. They're not green is the problem. No, they're not green. <laughs> like, they they look like fucked up people. They don't look like monsters. They So, yeah, they do look more like people that are messed up. Up, which I guess kind of goes with the little bit of backstory we get for the masks. But the the haunted masks, the titular mask, it's green. It's got like a gargoyle-like face. Like oh, it yeah. looks like it could sprout wings and fly away. Yeah. You would expect a mask that a kid wears. Like you wouldn't expect them to go the extra effort of making a mask fitted for the child actor. They would just buy a mask. It looks cool. They put it on her. You're good to go. But it's, I mean, it's got a cool effect where after, you know, if you put the mask on three times, it stays. Like you can't take it off. You become a Which part I of the mask. Which I think is specific lore that we get clarified in the second film. Like okay. I didn't get that from the first film because when she goes back after it's like stuck, I wore it again. Ah. He's like, how many times have you put it on? And she's like, two. And he's like, you might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just always assumed that it's like once she went outside and engaged with Halloween. Like at home, she can put it on and try it out and everything. But like once she puts it on and she's clocking in and going to work, <laughs> that's when it becomes like a when permanent situation. When she's clocking situation. in for mayhem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a cool effect where it suctions onto her face. And it's real tight. Like around the eyes and around the mouth, it is a perfect fit. Yeah, they do a really great job, too, of, like, blending with with makeup or whatever the, her eyes mm-hmm. into the mask. Because there's a really great moment where she, like, looks in the mirror and she's like, these aren't my eyes. So good. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. The mouth doesn't quite move perfectly. The mouth is all teeth. It's fine. But, yeah, it looks good. It's clearly a body horror story for children, right? Mm, yeah. I think they lean into that a little bit more with the Haunted Mask 2. Because all body horror, ninety percent of body horror is is kind of a fear of growing old and dying, which is just what your body's gonna do, which is the real horror. All of right, life. don't bring in the real fears here, John. <laughs> they get they get a little too like high, not high concept, but they get a little too in the weeds on that one for for haunted mask two. They don't bother going with like a ghoulish mask. They're like, what if he's uh, what if he's just an old creepy guy who's got spiders coming out of his fucking head? But the the first mask, it's it's uh, it's a pure monster and i don't know the idea that you would put on a mask and you can't take it off like you don't think that's like a body horror thing yeah because her hands start to change too yeah i think in its direct premise it is i think it's more about wanting to be another person and and not being happy in your own skin and like that kind of like i think it's it's a, a literal version of not loving yourself you know what i mean which is less body horror body horror is normally about like 
you know, like transformation and being icked out. <laughs> this is just about like, I'm being bullied. I hate who I am. I want to be something better. And then going through that process. But it's not like she's uh, like she's being made fun of for like having like a weird birthmark on her face. Like she's not being made fun of for her appearance or anything. Like people are making fun of her for being a scaredy cat. Yeah, but I think the scaredy cat is representative of like much bigger things. Okay. She's getting really bullied. And, and yeah, it's because she's a scaredy cat. But that scene where she eats the worm in the sandwich and the entire school is pointing and laughing at her like that doesn't feel like it's just because she's a scaredy cat like they're making her an outsider and that's one dark and real kid shit but (laughs) i really resonated when she comes home from that and she like tears up her costume and she's crying oh that's the worst it's such an alone moment like that her mom never sees yeah and like don't you ever don't you remember experiencing emotions away from your parents for the first time and being like Oh, this is a secret shame. A <laughs> secret shame. <laughs> the I love that the emotion away from your parents is always not a good one. You're never like in your room and like, what a great life. <laughs> you know, like, what a fun day. I'm just so happy to be alive. It's I'm al- so glad they had me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always just like, I hate everyone and I, I'm so small and people, yeah, I'm ugly or whatever. Like, yeah. I sure hope I find an evil mask to get revenge. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun way to get revenge. Like a girl who's a scaredy cat who gets scared of everything finally becomes like the terror of the town. Like that's the power of Halloween right there, right? Like you get to become somebody else and you get to mm, fight your beliefs. <laughs> that scene where she eats the worm. Uh, they were they wanted to use a rubber worm and the actress who played Carly Beth insisted that they use a real worm. Wow. Such... Yeah. Such commitment to the role. They did 12 takes. <laughs> wow. I hope she didn't ever actually eat that worm because that probably traumatized her. Fingers crossed, yeah. I mean, when they do show the sandwich, it's very it's very clearly like a bite taken out of it and then a worm placed right at the edge to make it look like we bit into a worm. I don't think they bit a real worm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're, we haven't talked about, though, the fucking scariest thing about this fucking program. Okay. The mask her mom makes of her. <laughs> Plaster of Paris Carly Beth is so fucking terrifying. It is weird. First of all, before the show gets paranormal with a haunted mask and a weird, like, Halloween costume shop from nowhere, yeah. the mask smiles. Oh, that's true. Because, yeah, she, she comes her home. Her soul is already trapped in that fucking mask. <laughs> yeah, she, her mom has made this plaster of Paris recreation of her daughter's face. And she's like, why would you do this? <laughs> she's like, I did we it because We were all I... like, why would you yeah. do this? Her explanation's great. Like, I did this because I love you. And you're like, okay. Do we have to put it on the mantle? <laughs> yeah, does it have to be in the living room for everyone to see? <laughs> and then, yeah, she's like, oh, it smiled at me. And mom's like, ah, you're just crazy. And then when you leave, we linger on it. The camera's there and we see it smile. So it's alive. It's 
odd. It's fucking more haunted than the haunted mask is. It's fucking terrifying. And then, but it's also how she defeats the haunted mask at the end of the episode. I got some other stuff I want to talk about, but but the, the, it's a symbol of love, and that's how we're going to fight the haunted mask evil. And so she's got to present the symbol of love, and and then the mask is like, ah, <laughs> mommies. You know, like it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of like just praying away a demon at the end of an exorcist movie. Yeah, well, we only have 30 minutes, John, so just get with it. <laughs> ah, it's like 40 minutes with commercials. We got tons of time. But it, it's so fucking terrifying because when Carly Beth is deep in her possession, she is, you know, who Carly Beth is and who the haunted mask is is, is more blurred by the yeah. end of the episode. When she confronts Chuck and Steve in the graveyard and she's like, look, it's Carly Beth's head. Ah, da, 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 da. Yeah. They look at Carly Beth's head and it's begging for help. It's like, help me. I'm trapped. Help me. So, like, is Carly Beth in the head on a pike? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. And let's also, let's also fucking point out, which I don't think I ever noticed as a kid. Uh-huh. When she puts the head on a pike, she grabs a red handkerchief and tucks it underneath. It's a severed head, John. Oh, that's cool. It's severed. Wow. That's a good little trick. Yeah. That's cool. I love when she buries it. Something about that scene where she buries the head. Her own head. Like, yeah. how symbolic is that? Yeah, that's a, that's a real good moment. Um, yeah, that head's weird. The head has so Explain much- Explain the head! <laughs> I honestly can't. I can't either! <laughs> I think mom's a witch. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. I think mom knew. She is crafty. Like a witch would. <laughs> Mom must have known. She imbued the head with some sort of, I don't know. Like white anti-mask protect- yeah, magic. Yeah, <laughs> she put a salt ring around the head I mean, technically, even though you couldn't fit a human head in it, it is hollow on the inside, so it's like mask versus mask. Right? Mask versus mask. <laughs> like, you can only defeat the evil mask with the good mask. Kinda, yeah. I guess that's true. Because, like, a symbol of love could have literally been... Like, she could have brought home, like, a dinner that mom made. Like, the it's fu- a symbol of love! <laughs> the fucking torn-up duck costume would have worked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That mask is fucking weird. Like, yeah, like, we, <laughs> I don't want to linger on it too much. But, yeah, if you came home and your parents We should just, clarify. You're saying Carly Beth's head. Carly Beth's head, yeah. If you came home and your parents just made a plaster cast of your own head... I'd be upset. That'd be fucking very unnerving. Unless they did the whole family and you're like, well, at least they're all here. It's, like, it's really weird. But if, like, you've got siblings. Like, she's got a brother in this. There is no... <laughs> There's no plaster of Paris head for her brother. Mom not was just the like, favorite. yeah, mom was just like, just making this one, not making myself, not making the dog, okay. not making your dad. Okay, but think about this. Her daughter is the biggest scaredy cat ever. Mm-hmm. And she makes this like life-size cast of her head. If Carly Beth ever goes down in the middle of the night to get a glass of water, <laughs> she's going to have a heart attack and die. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well just make a giant plaster cast of of uh, of the evil mask in this movie. Like, no matter what, that's gonna be awful. Man, fuck it, it's dark. There's just the moonlight coming into the window, and you see your own fucking oh, face in the darkness at the end of a hallway, and then maybe it smiles at you. You're gonna be in a straitjacket the rest of your life. Oh boy. 
the scene in this when she goes this is truly my favorite part of this entire sequence like yeah it's we've got a lot of fun uh scenes of her running through the neighborhood scaring kids just like pure halloween fun but she just becomes like an imp she's just like <laughs> which is what we all want to be in during halloween like even in the haunted mask part two when when steve is running around like a creepy old guy and he's just like like stealing candy from kids just like damn man like i just that's such a such a kid thing to want to do i never wanted to steal candy from kids well not steal candy just like scaring a group of kids or also being scared like just like walking around and having somebody jump out of nowhere like well some of us don't like that but (laughs) running around and just being you know uh unsupervised on halloween night yes i will agree (laughs) you just want an unsupervised uh night out that's it that's mayhem for me (laughs) okay (laughs) let's go to the school even though we don't have to be there i fucking hated those kids Let's go to the, yeah, no, absolutely not. Like, why would I want to hang out here? Until it was like grade eight. It was like, you guys want to go smoke pot at the school? Be like, hell yeah. (laughs) Some of us weren't so advanced in grade eight, John. (laughs) Okay, well, some of us wanted to break the law. (laughs) I was like, we can go on the slides and the swings and no children will be there. Yeah, and have you ever tried the slides and the swings on weed, man? Come on. (laughs) No. Okay, well, anyway, the point is, my favorite part of this episode is when she goes back to the shop. The cool-ass, creepy mask shop where she's trying to get some fucking answers. Like, hey, man, I need your help. I gotta get this mask off. It's stuck on my head. First of all, he's expecting her. He opens the door. He's like, I knew you would come. And you're like, why didn't you go out and get her? You didn't have to. She's 11. (laughs) He's got to watch these masks. He doesn't know what they'll do. Like, he's really, I think, more than anything. I don't understand the, the lore, but... no. (laughs) <laughs> not at all <laughs> anyway the point is she, it's eerie that we don't she gets there and she's asking questions like what the fuck is going on where did this mask come from what's happening to me how do I fix it and he tells her this story about the masks that he makes he's like yo Carly Beth these masks are real faces <laughs> yeah these masks were real faces that I made and they were all beautiful at one time okay so here's my question for you do I'm you think not even done but that's fine do you think he carved those? Like, do you think those were masks that he um, sculpted? Uh-huh. Or do you think they were his face going rotten and then he took it off and started again? Because his own face is rotting and he points it out. Okay, so you're... No, I don't think he made his own face and took it off. I think he sculpted masks. No, no, no. I think he sculpted masks. All right, fine. And he's just like the most talented mask maker in the world. He's making these gorgeous like Rock Hudson kind of like Marilyn Monroe style faces. Then he's hoping to make a ton of money doing it. And then they all start to go evil and they rot and they he's turn like, into I'm going to be Mr. Tussauds. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and uh, for like he doesn't know why, but like they've all gone bad. They, they've all gone evil. And he's like, and that's creepy in itself because you're like what that doesn't make any sense how do you make a mask and then it goes bad it goes rotten and then he's and then he explains like and that's what's happening to my face and like this weird sort of uh like scar that he's had on his cheek that we haven't addressed through the entire episode suddenly becomes a part of the story like he's been making masks that have been turning evil and gross and now his own face is doing that this is definitely like the the footwork that led or the footprints that led us toward part two where we're, we're really focusing on aging and how you know you're just going to become a monster 
R.L. Stein was working through some shit with part two. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. But like that's such a cool ass moment in this in this like that's the body horror moment of this story. And I just I don't know. Like I think a lot of Goosebump stories that moment when you go to like see the guy, the second act library, where they go to explain how this all works and how you can fix it, isn't always a moment where they add another layer of horror on top. Mm-hmm. I just think that was a, like, as much as it's not necessarily explained, it's just a cool, weird little detour that just makes this feel even bigger and scarier. Yeah, and I think it also, too, just, like, further drives home, like, we want the inside to match the outside. And, like, because he doesn't love himself and he's not happy with who he is, everything he touches turns to shit. Why do you got to keep bringing it back to this weird after-school theme? He said it! He said <laughs> yeah, it! But we don't have to, we don't have to listen but to But he him. said it and we're learning. Yeah. We're learning about ourselves. It's like, it's also a kid's show. Like, they can't justify it with if they, if they don't have some sort of message at the end of it. They're like, kids want to get scared. Like, yeah, but we also have we also know that their parents are going to be watching it with them and we gotta we gotta explain this fucking carly <laughs> beth head <laughs> but yeah a symbol of love is all it takes to um to reverse the curse so she goes back home she gets the she gets the plaster cast head and she basically you know wrangles the mask off by showing that somebody loves her one thing i want to say and this really has nothing to do with anything mm. but with years of watching Goosebumps specials, reading Goosebumps and reading Fear Street, I really thought much of my preteen years were going to be spent in graveyards, <laughs> unsupervised, with no adults hanging out with my friends, and that never happened. They could have been. You just didn't lead the charge. <laughs> I don't think there were any, like, there wasn't just a house on the street that was next to a graveyard, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't a graveyard on my street growing up. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you just needed to move. I think you just needed to go to a cooler spot. Like I've we I've lived in the same town that you grew up in and there were plenty of graveyards all over the place. I can't even think of any near where I grew up. There was that old one in the Pickering Village. Yeah, but that one is like a heritage secret. one. <laughs> that one's secret. That one's hidden. There's that graveyard that I proposed to you in. <laughs> there were graveyards everywhere. <laughs> I made made up for it in my adult years. <laughs> it's true, though. Like, when you watch Hocus Pocus or you watch anything, like, you think you're going to have to cut through the graveyard to get home. Yeah, like, that's how you get to school. Is yeah. You're like, I got to walk through the creepy graveyard. We never asked our parents, like, hey, can you find, I, maybe we could get a cheaper house near a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, I guess, have to cut through it to get to school. We could have, we could have put that request in. One thing, you know, it's true for, I think, almost all of the Goosebumps shows, but you can really tell in The Haunted Mask. It really, like, captures that period between 10 and 12 where girls hit puberty before boys Mm. and the girls are like a foot taller than the boys that are their age (laughs) well they're also over their shit like the boys are still just goofs running around like like little monkeys jumping on beds and shit and they're just like ugh, (laughs) these fucking and they're looking down on them (laughs) like literally yeah (laughs) it was a great time But it is true because, like, Chuck and Steve, even though they're kind of Carly Beth's bullies, like, they like her. 
Oh, totally. I mean, we really, we they really like like her. They really nailed that home <laughs> in the Haunted Mask Part Two, where because Carly Beth is a symbol of love, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the mask has uh, the mask has essentially possessed the mask maker. Uh, it's tricked the bully Steve into wearing this old man mask, and instead of becoming just like a creepy face, he actually becomes like an old man. He's like, I need water, <laughs> and I need to sit. <laughs> That's half the episode where he's just like, oh, my knees. <laughs> and he's like, you youngin, help me out. And the kids are like, ew, gross, you're old, no. <laughs> no, he had spiders in his hair. Yeah, he had spiders in his hair. I mean, did, did, did we, hopefully we all do when we reach his age. He's at the graveyard. He's They're with the mask. They're my children. The mask is terrorizing him, and it's saying, like, you need to get Carly, Carly Beth's symbol of love and bring it to the graveyard at midnight. And my favorite part about that is that when they're looking for Steve, they go to his house and his mom is like, no, nah, I don't know. He said he'd be home by midnight. It's 1125. He should be here soon. Like, what fucking parent let their 11-year-old son hang out until midnight on Halloween? Fucking cool, mom. Yeah, I guess so. But so he brings he, he brings her symbol of love to the graveyard and he smashes it because the mask wants to possess Carly Beth again. And as soon as they get there, he's, he's you know, the old Steve is holding Carly Beth and the mask is gonna run at her <laughs> and then take over her face because there's there is a really cool reveal where he he's been wearing this cloak the whole time and he takes the cloak off and there's nothing underneath it's just the mask the mask has been floating around waiting for Carly Beth yeah but the old guy has also been in there you know what we forget about that part okay let's for <laughs> now we dope. just forget yeah, about it it looks dope it looks real good um, and you know in the last moment right before the mask is about to take over Carly Beth uh, Steve pushes her out of the way, and his uh, protection of her is his symbol of love. Mm. And that's what gets his mask off finally, and the other mask sort of just like withers and dies on the on the graveyard ground. Yay. And then they have ma- then they have like mask transformations in common. They can bond over the trauma of Halloween. Can you imagine like like hey mom, dad, where did you guys meet? Like, uh, you won't believe it, but we both saved ourselves from an eternity of torment one night <laughs> on Halloween in a graveyard. Is that why you keep a face of your face on the mantle? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, what a horrible... You would, too. Well, you know, it's, it's to. smashed. He smashed it. Oh, yeah. He freed Mom her from that curse. One. She definitely she did. She sure did. Mom would just like, oh, no problem. I'll wave it right up. Yeah, I've still got the mold. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I keep it on my nightstand. And the little brother's like, can I have one? And she's like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the real savior here is the dog at the end of the movie. Like, you think that the... In part two. In part two, yeah. Like, you think... Part one ends on a great cliffhanger where Carly Rae has gotten rid of the mask. Carly Rae? Jepson, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Carly Beth has gotten rid of the mask. She's home. She's happy to be alive. She's thankful to see her mom again. She's like, thank you so much for making me that duck costume and this creepy head. I'll never be upset with you ever again. And her brother comes from around the corner wearing the mask. uh, Credits. Uh, And in the second one, they try burning the masks in a fireplace, which is a horrible idea. That's just going to be toxic smoke Yeah, that everywhere. smoke is going to be e- more evil than the masks were. Right, yeah. Like, if you're not going to be possessed by an evil spirit. In an indoor spirit, fire. Yeah. In an indoor fire. You're at the very least going to be inhaling chemicals <laughs> that will ruin your life forever. The one mask kind of reinflates and comes back, like, taunting the dog. Like, you think the dog's going to put the mask on, but the dog instead just buries it in the backyard like a good boy. Like a good boy. Yeah. And the mask is like, no, no. It's like squirming in the (laughs) dirt. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. 
What a Halloween special for the ages. It really is. Just, you know, I want to say it's timeless, but also a time capsule of the 90s. I just fucking enjoy it. Great mask design. Good story. It's it's like an original little tight 30 minutes of just spooky Halloween fun. And Carly Beth is the best. I love Carly Beth. Carly Beth's real good, especially when she gets the mask on. Like, she actually does a really good job. Yeah, her voice is great, and she's just like, Yeah, it's a great little Halloween story. It's fun and freaky, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, it's just scary enough for long enough that you, you had a nice little fun time. Yeah, R.L. Stein was really good about finding that line that would be, you know, creepy for kids, but not like take it too far like yeah. yeah these are it is a really safe story like this evil mask just wants to run around on halloween night and scare kids and and like throw pumpkins at houses you're like yeah i guess that's fine you can go for it go for it <laughs> so how do you rate i mean if it were a movie how would you rate haunted mask four out of four yeah four out of four is a pretty good yeah it's a pretty comfortable it's rating perfect what about haunted mask part two how's that stack up Four to four. <laughs> four to four. I mean, it's a three point seven five for sure. I mean, we've got the we've got uh, one of the bullies back, and he's doing a really, I really love good say- interpretation of uh, of a mafioso. I was gonna say that Chuck's mafia costume is. He's it, got yeah. He's got the cotton great. balls in his mouth. They're like, hey, where's Steve? Steve? Oh, is he part of the Tatiglia family? Like he actually, it's like, wow, this kid may have actually watched The Godfather. <laughs> A seminal piece of horror cinema in our childhood, and I think a perfect Halloween movie. I think a lot of people watch Goosebumps in October. If you're not, you got to add that to your Halloween repertoire. It is a timeless classic, but also a time capsule of the 90s. <laughs> Let us know what you thought of Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask. And your favorite Goosebumps, either books or t- of TV shows. Yeah, we want to hear all about it. Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast, on Threads at Nightmare on Film Street, or better yet, in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSPodcast.com slash Discord. We've got another Spooky Mask episode coming up for you in the Nightmare on Film Street feed. So if you aren't already subscribed, please hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to us. That really helps us grow the show in the, you know, algorithms that exist. We'll be back again next week. But until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.